Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 17, also known as the post-combine edition of the 2022 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft, set to begin next month. That's right, April 28th through the 30th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hard to believe it's already the end of next month. It, it, Really, that pre-draft process has kind of accelerated. It seems like it's gone by way too fast. We've had all of the all-star games. Combine was last week. And now we're really looking ahead to free agency. But before we can get there, breaking news, big news this week. First off, MVP, reigning NFL MVP, Aaron Rodgers, signed, sealed, delivered, back with the Packers, four years, $200 million. Green Bay has their man under center for the next few years. The question is going to be what's going to happen with Jordan Love. Um, I think right now Jordan Love is probably commanding a third or fourth round pick. Um, So I I think he stays there in the green and gold unless uh, there's an offer that comes along. I I just haven't seen enough from Jordan Love to really convince me that he's a guy that's going to take over a franchise. So I think he stays there and learns under Aaron Rodgers for the next few years. But he's not the only quarterback that, that was making waves. We have a couple other, really it involves trades. The first is Russell Wilson. On his way from Seattle to Denver as a part of a blockbuster deal with the Broncos. Seattle, in return, gets three first-round picks, a couple of second-rounders. They also get Drew Locke, who they're really high on uh, when he came out of the draft a couple of years ago. Noah Fant, they get a tight end. They also get Shelby Harris along the defensive line. So it'll be interesting to see what Seattle does at number nine overall, getting that pick from Denver. If you read my first mock draft, I was predicting that Denver would move off of that pick. I did not see Denver going with the quarterback in the first round. Look, if you read my first mock draft, I noted that since the AFL-NFL merger, the Broncos have only drafted four quarterbacks in the first round. And you're talking Tommy Maddox, Jay Cutler, Tim Tebow, Paxton Lynch. Not really the, the best in terms of a success story. What you're looking at is a, is a team, an organization. They've been looking for quarterbacks. I think there's something like 12 quarterbacks since Peyton Manning was under center. Now they get Russell Wilson, and I think you've got a, a team now that that is ready to win. They've got an offensive line that's going to be able to protect Russell Wilson, something that Russell's been looking for for quite some time. I think you're also going to see, uh, you know, that I mean, they've got the skill position players with, with a, a good running game, three solid receivers, and then you've got a defense that's going to put them in contest as well. So I think really with, with Nathaniel Hackett coming there to Denver, the cupboard certainly is not bare with the Broncos so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there but Russell Wilson as I said was not the only quarterback to be traded Carson Wentz on the move from Indianapolis to the Washington Commanders now Washington did not have to give up their first round pick in order to to make this deal Uh, I think Washington's a team that you could definitely see target a quarterback whether it's Malik Willis or, or Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral I think you could definitely see that. Say, all right, you know what? We've got Carson Wentz, and he's a guy that could make us, uh, you know, a contender there in the NFC East. But if it doesn't work out, we've got another quarterback here to fall back on. I think there's definitely a possibility. It also depends on you really where they see Carson Wentz in that building in Washington. 
because if they are high on Carson Wentz, maybe Washington moves off of that. Maybe they end up looking for uh, somebody up front or you know, on the offensive line, possibly a corner. Derek Stingley, if he's sitting there at 11, I think they'd be really tempted to go after uh, a cornerback of that caliber. So I think it's really going to be interesting. Seattle, there are rumors that, that Pete Carroll, who's known for taking a chance on players, you saw that a lot of times giving second and third chances to players there at USC, potentially going after Deshaun Watson. So you know, there, there's a chance if that happens, Deshaun Watson moving into that organization, then you know they really don't have to rebuild necessarily. You know, you've got a 71-year-old co- uh, head coach. Pete Carroll's not looking to, to rebuild. He's looking to reload, and so that's really going to be the, the big thing that we're going to be keeping our eye on here as we start moving through uh, this offseason. Really going to be interesting to see if a deal does get done before the draft. Something to keep our eye out for, because especially if you're trading Deshaun Watson, that number nine pick could very well be on the move to Houston, which then completely changes some of that dynamic there um, you know, with uh, Houston in the first round. So I, I mentioned that this podcast is really dedicated to the combine and really the performances that we saw there. And really what we're going to do is I'm going to take everyone through kind of a position by position, really walk through each day of the combine and get a good feel for who are some of the winners, who are some of the guys that need a little bit of work to do, and who are the guys that really sent those scouts back to the film to to really study up on a little bit more. So we're going to start day one. That was the quarterbacks, receivers, and tight ends. And we're going to start at the quarterback position. And, And I think, you know, there are a lot of guys who've looked decent throwing the football but I think first and foremost we have to talk about the workouts and you look at Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati 6'3 211 pounds uh, this is a guy look that 4'5 240 I think definitely turned some heads when you're looking at him as, as one of the taller quarterbacks here in this group and running a 4'5 uh, you know you always saw the speed out on the field he looked like a long strider reminded you of Marcus Mariota with the way that he ran but man this guy can move he's really fast um, you know, also had a 36-inch vertical leap, uh, so you see the explosiveness there as an athlete. And then you combine that with the fact that the ball was jumping out of his hand, his ability to make those throws outside the numbers and put them on on a line to the the receiver. Decent deep ball as well. Some of them were a little flat, but I think you know really what you're talking about with Desmond Ritter are some of the mechanics that can be taught. You know, that overstriding ends up sailing some of his passes. Um, really the biggest thing I think though for Desmond Ritter are things that you can't see at the combine and that's really his ability to see the field. I think it's inconsistent there at times. You saw against Alabama, he didn't see the entire field and really got eaten up by, by uh, you know, uh, an elite college defense there by, like the Crimson Tide put together. And so I think that's really one of the big concerns that I have for Desmond Ritter when he gets out there onto the field is can he process the information in front of him quickly? But look, Everyone said that Desmond Ritter showed up really well in the interviews. This is a guy, look, four-year starter there at Cincinnati. He and Luke Fickle built a championship-caliber team, first-ever group of five team to make it to the college football playoff. To me, I think Desmond Ritter is a guy that I don't know that he's made his way into first-round consideration, but this is a guy who, look, if I'm Detroit, if I have any – uh, if I'm any second guess on, on Jared Goff, whether it's at 32 or the first pick in round number two, I'm jumping on Desmond Ritter. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how all of that plays out. 
Um, I, I think after that, one of the winners was the guy who didn't even work out, and that's Matt Corral. I think everyone had him a little bit shorter than the 6'2 that he measured in at, and he actually came in a little bit above weight at 212 pounds. So I, I think already there you're looking at Matt Corral and you're saying you know he's a, he's a bigger guy than, than we were really giving him credit for. Want to see him throw, but look, you know, after the injury in the bowl game, he wants to make sure that he is at his best when he's performing for the scouts. The one thing, though, is is that, hey, you've got just the one chance, one opportunity to really shine in that workout. But I think Matt Corral definitely helped himself just with the measurements alone. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett, obviously, everybody talked about the hand size. He's the only guy in this draft class with hands um, smaller than... Uh, nine and a quarter. Actually, no, nine and an eighth. That was Sam Howell. Nine and an eighth. If you do remember, uh, actually, E.J. Perry also had a nine, nine inch hands. Similar to, to Joe Burrow. And everyone beat up Joe Burrow about it, it, the size of his hands. And those nine inch hands. And Joe Burrow, we see what he was able to do taking the Bengals to the Super Bowl. Now, eight and a half inch hands. You know, he did struggle. 26 fumbles in his career at Pitt. But look, he played at Pittsburgh. There is inclement weather in Pittsburgh. I've heard a lot of people talk about, well, if you have to go play in the frozen tundra, you know, there in, in Green Bay, or if you have to go to Buffalo, you know, he played in Pittsburgh. And yes, he had a lot of those fumbles, um, but some of those were due to an inconsistent offensive line in front of him. He wears those gloves, um, which should help with gripping the football. And let's be honest, is a half an inch in the hand size going to make that big of a difference. Everyone beat up Joe Burrow about the hand size and we see what's happened there. Is that half inch really going to make a huge difference? I mean, that's got to be a question that you're going to have to ask yourself. But I thought Kenny Pickett in the workouts, look, he, he ran a 473, 33 and a half inch vertical leap. So he showed off some pretty good athleticism there at the quarterback position. And then he made all the requisite throws. You know, you saw his deep ball. It was very natural, effortless, and putting the ball right on the money. You saw the trajectory of the, of the football. Nice touch. And, uh, you know, a guy who doesn't have the best arm strength in the group, but he doesn't have to have uh, the, the, the laser type uh, type arm strength. I, you know, I, I think he's a guy that, to me, still has solidified himself in the first round. Malik Willis as well. Look, he didn't do any of the workouts, but measured in a little over six foot uh, at 219 pounds. Definitely a, a thick, thick athlete. Um, you know, a guy who, you know, the ball, again, very effortless with the delivery, throws the football down the field uh, just effortlessly makes it just look so easy um, and so I think he's a guy that everyone's looking forward to seeing at his workout I think he's a guy that uh, right now is probably has the most upside of these quarterbacks I think if there's anybody who's the most NFL ready it's probably Kenny Pickett but I think Malik Willis then Desmond Ritter in terms of you know the some of those qualities now Matt Corral a lot of people want to beat him up over the fact that, look, he's playing in a Lane Kiffin offense, which is kind of a gimmicky offense, um, and, and you get a lot of these short throws and such. But don't rule out Matt Corral. This is a guy, you see some of these throws that he's making. You know, you watch his body facing one direction, and he's throwing the opposite way. Uh, you know, his ability to really manipulate the defense with his body, with his eyes. You see the footwork, and he's getting bigger too, which you know he's going to be able to, to hold up against uh, an NFL schedule. 
so those are the quarterbacks to me that stood out. I thought Sam Howell, um, effortless, you know, again with his delivery, the ball jumps out of his hand. Um, you know, he needs to continue to work on his mechanics, and, and I think he's starting to do that. I think you're you're going to be seeing a better version of Sam Howell. Um, I, I think that he's probably going to be a solid second-round pick in this group. Um, you know, the guys who. Um, are going to have some work ahead of them. You know, Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky and, and Brock Purdy out of Iowa State, a couple of guys, you know, veteran quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Zappi put up uh, video game numbers there at Houston Baptist, went to Western Kentucky, put up some insane numbers there as well. Brock Purdy, look, four-year starter for the Cyclones at Iowa State. Not the best athletes of the bunch, and uh, their arm strength not, you know, didn't live up to – uh, what everyone was kind of hoping for to see a little bit more arm strength out of those guys. Really, the, the video uh, matched up with what you saw there at the combine. Those are a couple of guys who I think are really going to have to show out really well at their pro days uh, you know, to uh, see any type of improvement in their draft stock right now, which probably puts them right around you know, late day three at, at this point. Um, Carson Strong was another guy. He didn't work out, but look, 6'3", 226. Um, pocket passer you know a lot of people want to argue that he's a, he's a better athlete than people give him credit for want to see that in his pro day didn't work out once again um you know you saw some of the movement um there in, in a few of the drills but really what you're seeing is is the big arm you know had this huge throw down the field i believe to, to chris olave uh, through the ball just effortlessly um a, a good 65 yards down the field um so strong there's no argument about his arm strength it's really about whether or not you know what type of athlete you're getting with him if we talk about the tight ends next we'll talk about the receivers because there's a lot to talk about there you move on to the tight ends and obviously i think the first name that has to come to mind is going to be greg dulcich out of ucla 6'4, 243 this guy you know all the drills uh four let's see four six nine forty so you know he showed up well there 34 inch vertical leap um you know, ran that three-cone drill in just un, just over seven seconds. Uh, but look, this is a guy, he's a converted wideout, and you know, he, we know that he's going to be able to press defenses up the up the, the seam and look like a very natural pass catcher, catches with his hands, and uh, is able to turn up the upfield uh, and make plays after the catch. Uh, I think from a blocking standpoint, there's still some work to do. You know, you saw that, saw him in that sled drill, struggle a little bit to, to get that sled moving. Trey McBride out of Colorado State, to me, is the number one tight end in this draft class. 6'4", 246, didn't run the 40, but look, you know, 33-inch vertical leap, 18 reps in the bench press, you know, that's all fine and well. But when you get him out on the field, another natural pass catcher, looked very smooth in the gauntlet. He and Dulcich were two tight ends who didn't slow down, so you know that they're confident in their hands. And, and watching his ability to elevate and catch the football, the body control along the sideline, uh, you really liked seeing that as well. Um, able to track the ball over his shoulder. Um, you know, McBride, you know, you, I think everyone will be curious to see exactly what he runs in the 40. Um, I, I think there is a little bit of stiffness to him. Um, but that's mostly seen on the game film. Didn't really see that at the combine. To me, Trey McBride, uh, when you watched him hit that sled and, and be able to drive that, you know, stay low and, and drive the sled back, you saw that, hey, the, the, the tape about him as, a, as an accomplished blocker really showed up and showed up well for him. Um, one tight end, 
uh, who I, I think needs to people need to start taking notice of him is Daniel Bellinger out of San Diego State. Look, you know we didn't talk a whole lot out of you know about a guy by the name of, of George Kittle out of Iowa. And look, I know George um, battled some injuries there towards the end of his, you know his career there with the Hawkeyes, but let's not get it twisted about the type of athlete that George Kittle was, you know, especially there at the combine. You know, I, I think we, we kind of sold him short a little bit in terms of, you know, four five two forty at six three two forty seven, and um, you know, ran a seven flat uh, three cone drill, thirty five inch vertical leap, and uh, you know, eighteen reps in the bench press. So when you you look at, at Kittle, and, and then you also compare that with with some of those numbers, just. 48 receptions, 737 yards, and 10 touchdowns in his career at Iowa. So why am I reciting all these numbers? Well, what I want to do is compare them to what you're seeing there with Daniel Bellinger out of San Diego State. And, uh, you know, I I promise I'll be able to put all this stuff together. So first, we're going to take a look at at the stat line for Daniel Bellinger. Look, the Aztecs, they were a run-first offense, much like Iowa. So when you look at it, um, you know, the, the average per catch, you know, is a little bit off from, from Kittle. But look, 68 catches, 771 yards, uh, and five touchdowns in his career. So somewhat comparable in terms of the fact that, look, they're both blockers uh, primarily in those offenses. But then when you look at, at the athleticism, at 6'6", 253, ran a 4'6", 340, 22 reps in the bench press, 34.5-inch vertical leap, 125-inch broad jump, and that three-cone drill just over seven seconds at 7.05. I, I don't know. You know, a lot of people aren't talking about him. And people, to be honest with you, weren't talking about George Kittle. That's why he fell all the way to round five. Keep an eye out for Daniel Bellinger. I think he's a guy that, uh, you know, could make some waves at the next level. You know, a guy that could be a better pro than he was a, a college athlete. Another guy who really made a name for himself was Jelani Woods out of Virginia, the transfer from Oklahoma State, where he was mostly a cowboy back, didn't catch a ton of balls. Uh, you know, Blake Jarwin of the Cowboys played that role. He moved on to Virginia, and, and look, you know, he's 6'7", 259, over 34-inch arms, ran a 4'6", at that height is incredible. 24 reps in the bench press. Um, you watched him in the blocking, though. That height struggled to get low. And, and ultimately stood that uh, stood the sled straight up. Um, five drops needs to work on that a little bit, but he showed off some of his athleticism. Um, so he was a guy that I think you know really had people turn in their heads just a little bit. Um, wanted to take notice of him. Um, you know, I, I thought as you watch some of the drills, Isaiah likely showed off the athleticism that you are that you're expecting. Six four two forty five. He's a guy that's going to be um, you know a vertical threat in the passing game. Really want to continue to see him develop as a pass catcher. Um, you know, Charlie Kolar, 6'6", 252, showed off some good hands as well. Want to see, you know, the type of athlete. What can he run? Uh, but Connor Hayward's an interesting guy. He's only 5'11", 233, but I think he's going to get himself drafted. He's, he's slated with the tight ends. He's going to be one of your H-back, do everything. But I love the body control as a receiver. Another guy who blocked really well, got underneath that sled, ran a 4'7", 240. But, you know, I think he's a guy who's going to end up being those H-back type. Maybe a late day three pick. Might not even get himself drafted. But a guy who I think is going to end up making an NFL roster because I just, I love the athleticism. Um, you know, I, I thought, you know, uh, Chigozia Mokwankwo out of Maryland. Chig, uh, 6'2", 238, ran that 4'5", 240, 35 and a half inch vertical leap, 
those were eye-popping numbers. When you watch him in the drills, you know, especially in the gauntlet, you know, he, he was not running full speed. You wonder about him with his hands, um, being able to to catch some footballs. Um, you know, there's some concern there. Um, you know, if I'm watching that, I, I thought a guy who really struggled was Cole Turner there out of, out of Nevada, six uh, six, two forty six, ran a four seven six forty, which wasn't terrible. But then there's only a 27-inch vertical leap. And this was a guy who was known to be a red zone menace, a guy that was attacking the football in the air, didn't really elevate. Um, so that was a concern. And then you watched him with the blocking. I know that that's something that he's been working on. And you saw him at the Senior Bowl really working on that. Um, but then you watch him in the sled and just really pop the sled straight up. Uh, so Cole Turner to me was a guy that um, you know left me a little underwhelmed. Um, you know, and Jalen Weidermeyer to me uh, didn't separate himself. You know, he's one of those guys that I think you know everyone had him towards the top of their tight end list. And to me, he's kind of dropping. Look, he had nine drops uh, there for the Aggies. Six five, two fifty five. You know, looked okay in some of the blocking drills. Uh, but you know, Weidermeyer to me is a guy that he makes me a little nervous. I think there's some boomer bust uh, capability with him. Um, you know, in terms of um, some of the blockers that looked all right, I thought Peyton Hendershot, you know, moved moved the sled pretty well. Um, in terms of receivers, I like Grant Calcaterra caught the ball really well, ran a four six two forty. Um, you know, but to me, with Calcaterra, with you know, there are other guys that separate themselves uh, because I just Calcaterra to me, you know, obviously you've got the medicals which are going to be a concern, but I just from a blocking standpoint really makes you worry a little bit there um, but from a tight end standpoint you know I, I think my number one still is going to be Trey McBride followed closely by by Greg Dulcich I think I, Isaiah likely has got to be right in there as well and I think I'm going to put Daniel Bellinger into my top 10 again keep an eye out for him for sure moving on to the receivers and, and I'll tell you what this is a deep deep receiving class I and mean, when you're talking about eight guys running sub 4-4 I mean that's absolutely ridiculous and for a while we thought you know that uh, you know Tyquan Thornton, you know was was running, you know into the the four two three range. Ended up being a four two eight forty. Um, you know, and then you saw Chris Olave as well. We thought that he ran a four two six. Ended up being a four three nine. But still, uh, watching the forties, it was a lot of fun to watch. And uh, I think we'll start with Chris Olave in terms of guys who really helped himself. Look, six foot, one hundred eighty seven pounds. 439 made it look easy too. He's just a smooth athlete. And you know, you have that sub 44 speed to go along with some excellent route running, a guy that was able to sink his hips and explode out of his cuts. You saw really good hands. There was a deep ball that he tracked, was able to, to get underneath it and make the catch. Um, some fingertip catches as well. He's a guy that I'm really keeping an eye out for. Um, you know, I'm looking at the Raiders as a potential uh, landing spot. And look, if the Eagles are looking to, to get a speedster, you know, you could potentially see him come off the board maybe as high as, as that 19 pick. Um, you know, I, I think he's a guy, like I said, definitely someone to keep an eye out for. Um, you know, Traylon Burks, you know, interesting workout, 6'2", 225, um, 33 and a half inch arms hands nearly 10, 10 inches. So, I mean, you know, big hands for, for the receiver. Ran a 4.5, 5.40, um, which, you know, he wanted to go sub 4.5. And I think, you know, we're going to see him probably do that in his workout there in Fayetteville. 33-inch um, vertical leap. I was expecting him to be a, a bigger leaper than that. But, look, at the, at the end of the day, 
when you're looking at someone like Traylon Burks, you're, you're looking for the next Debo Samuel. And I, I think this is absolutely the guy that could be the next Debo Samuel. You're, you're going to ask him to do a lot of different things. That's exactly what uh, Arkansas did. They moved him all over the field, did a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the dirty work for them. And look, when you compare the two, what's interesting is obviously Debo's 5'11", 214. That's what he showed up at the at the combine. 10-inch hands, ran a 4'4", 8'40", 39-inch vertical leap. Uh, so, you know, in, in terms of the explosiveness, I, I think Debo Samuel may be a little bit more explosive than the Traylon Burks, but he's definitely a guy to keep an eye out for there in the first round. I, I don't think he's getting out of round number one. Uh, that's for sure. And then you got Garrett Wilson there, um, another guy, absolutely smooth, 4-3-8-40, 36-inch vertical leap, a guy who just looked smooth throughout his drills, six foot, 183. You know, I, I think Cleveland sitting there at 13 makes a ton of sense. I think Cleveland's going to need to get a receiver there for Baker Mayfield. Um, needs that number one wideout, Garrett Wilson. Uh, I think he did everything, Check, just continuing to check off the boxes. Some of the other receivers who had really good days. How about Calvin Austin the third out of Memphis? Look, 5'8", 170 pounds, little guy, ran that 4'3", 240, 39-inch vertical leap, three-cone drill of a 6'6'5". I mean, we knew that he was going to be shifty, going to be real quick getting out of his breaks, um, ran faster, uh, or faster 40 than I was even expecting. And, um, you know, really when you're doing anything sub 4'3", uh, 3'5", you know, that, that's blazing speed. Uh, but this is a guy who I think still is working on his route running, and uh, we're still waiting to to see the best of Calvin Austin, which is absolutely scary because this is a dude who had back-to-back thousand-yard seasons for the Tigers. Um, I, I think Calvin Austin's the guy could be scratching into that round two range, possibly you know day, uh, round number three as well. Uh, Sky Moore was another guy that everyone was talking about, 5'10", 195 pounds. You know, he was a guy who always looked to be sudden and quick. But not necessarily fast. Ran a 44140, 34 inch vertical leap, just so smooth with the route running ability, able to separate. I think that's the thing that really you think of when you think of Sky Moore is the ability to separate and separate in a hurry. And so I think Sky Moore, third, fourth round range, you're getting a gem there um, when you're talking about Sky Moore. Um, I'm one of those guys who I think has that sleeper potential in this draft class. Um, you know, when I look at at other receivers, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Look, at 6'4", 208, runs a 4'3", blazing speed, 38.5-inch vertical leap. So we know this guy is an absolute athlete. The question is going to be, uh, you know, the, some of the hands. You know, you watched him in some of the drills. He was dropping some balls that really he should have held on to. Um, so that, that really – is that a cause for concern? Not necessarily, but you want to see them really show up well. So keep an eye on those hands. Um, you know, when the Bisons have their, or the Bison, sorry, have their pro day there in Fargo. Um, you know, George Pickens, I thought, you know, at 6'3", 195, ran that 4'4", 740. Anytime a guy that's over, uh, you know, 6'2", 6'3", range, running sub 4'5", um, you know, that's, you're going to take notice with that. Um, you know, I was surprised he only had a 33-inch vertical leap. But look, Pickens is coming back off the injury. He's the guy to definitely keep an eye out for. Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. We knew he was going to test well. 6'3", 211. 33-inch arms, ran a 4-4-140, 40-and-a-half-inch vertical leap. The guy was jumping out of the building. You know, that was that checks out. They said he was going to have about a 40-inch vertical. They were saying around a 4-4-5-40. So he really checks off the boxes. 
you know, he's a guy that really was just a vertical threat for Cincinnati. He's improved that. I think, you know, we still haven't seen uh, enough of a route tree from him to really get too excited about him in the first two days of the draft. But I think he's going to be one of those vertical threats. Um, Mid-day three, a guy that really can be a weapon um, in the red zone as well, taking advantage of that leaping ability. Penn State's Jahan Dotson, look, you know, checks the box, you know, checks off the boxes once again, 5'11", 178. On the smaller side, you worry about that, that weight, because he's a guy that can be re- rerouted off the line, uh, deals, you know, struggles with press man at times, runs that 4'4", 340, um, you know, not sub 4'4", uh, but, you know, the suddenness to go along with that, I think is just fine. 36-inch vertical leap, but I think really what you had there was he had some of the best hands of any of the receivers at the combine. Ball just hit his hands, and they did. The ball didn't go anywhere. You know, so you like seeing that, seeing that ability to to, to pluck the ball out of the air. And uh, he's he's one of those guys that I'm gonna be keeping an eye on, uh, you know, especially as as we move towards draft day. Um, I think he's a guy that late first round range is really where we're gonna see uh, you know Dotson come off the off the board. Um, you know, I, I thought in terms of some of the guys that that, that struggled a little bit. You know, Trey Turner out of Virginia Tech, 6'1", 184. You know, I, I think, you know, you see that 17.1 career average per reception. A lot of people like him, like the size. Um, ran a 4'5", 140, which wasn't terrible. But then you look at some of the other numbers, just a 27-inch vertical leap. Ran a 4'5", 3 um, in the in the 20-yard shuttle, which was surprising. Ran a 7'4", 5, 3 cone drill, which was the worst among the wide receivers. Um, you know, so there, there's some concern there. Um, you know, I think from an athletic standpoint with him, he's one of those guys that's going to be, de- you know, battling a lot of receivers in that midday three range. Um, you know, David Bell out of Purdue, 6'1", 212, ends up running a 4.6540, which is on the low end. Um, you know, really expecting to see David Bell run much faster than he did. Um, you know, but I think in terms of his ability catching the football, you absolutely saw that. Um, and, and look, here's the thing. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Runs a 4.5, 140, um, but had exceptional route running, intermediate range, tremendous hands and body control. I, I think David Bell is one of those guys, you know, that 4.65, he'll run faster at Purdue's Pro Day, and he'll kind of slide into that, that day two range. But look, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I had him pegged as a day two receiver. Felt around number four. There's a possibility with David Bell, you know, you say take what you see at the combine with a grain of salt, but I'm telling you that 4.6540 is going to be ringing in, in, in people's heads for sure. Um, you know, on the flip side, Khalil Shakir, six foot, 196, the guy. Again, I see a lot of Amon Ross St. Brown in Khalil Shakir. He runs that 44340, 34.5 inch vertical leap. And look, this is a guy again, route running, ball control, excellent hands. Decent run after catch. Reminds me a lot of Amon Ross St. Brown. I think Khalil Shakir is a legit fourth-round receiver, but a guy that I think is going to uh, do well at the next level for sure. Um, you know, a couple of other guys um, that, that I was keeping my eye on. Uh, Dontario Drummond of Mississippi runs up 4.6540. He's really kind of that, you know, that bigger guy. Um, you know, so I, I was disappointed in that 40 time. Eric Azucama didn't run the 40, but look, he's 6'2", 209, kind of grew into that body. If he can run a sub 4.5, already had that 36 and a half inch vertical leap, he'll be someone to keep an eye out for. Ty Freifogel, a guy that people didn't really talk about, Big 10 wide receiver of the year in 2020, 
and the production, yes, it dropped off, but really there was some struggles. Michael Penix Jr. was not the same quarterback uh, in 2021, and uh, and Jack Tuttle really struggled as well, and it showed um, Hoosiers really had a difficult season. Runs a 4.53. We knew he wasn't going to be a burner, but I love that 39-inch vertical leap. Uh, you know, Fry Fogel, I think, you know, injured himself, didn't really go through a ton of the workouts, but he's a guy to definitely keep an eye out for. Bayless Jones and Bo Melton ran in the four threes. You know, those are guys that really tried to make a name for themselves, getting into that, that day three conversation. So I think they helped themselves. Danny Gray is a guy, again, at SMU. We knew he was going to be fast at 10, 5, 900 meter speed, ran a 4, 3, 3, 40, So we knew he was going to be quick. He'll be someone to also keep an eye out for on day three as another one of those vertical threats. Um, so, you know, a lot of receivers to talk about. Uh, Wondell Robinson, uh, 5'8", 178, just 27 and 5'8 inch arms. You know, just you know, some really small arms. Runs that 4'4", 4, 440. 4, um, but, you know, it's just one of those things to where that body type, you know, he's going to be a slot receiver. You know, what can, can teams really do with him? He'll probably see, be somebody that you're going to see, again, in the slot, in the backfield a little bit. Um, but I think he's going to be someone who's going to have to work a little bit harder to end up making a uh, making an NFL franchise than I think people were initially expecting. Um, so that's the receiver group. One last guy to mention, a guy who did not um, get to work out because of his injury, and that was Drake London out of USC. Did measure in at 6'4", 219. Now, you know, collegially, the USC had him listed at 6'5", 210. Everyone was saying, look, that frame, he's a little bit too light. He comes in at 219. I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up at his work at his workout at at least 225, you know, and you're getting closer to that Mike Evans range. And if he can run a sub 4'5", 40, or right in that 4'5", range that Mike Evans ran, then I think you're looking at Drake London as the number one wideout and probably um, – you know, taken in the top 10. Falcons need a receiver now that Calvin Ridley's been suspended for at least the 2022 season for gambling on football. There's your there's your wide receiver one sitting right there, number eight overall in Drake London, in my opinion. So then you move on to day two, and you've got the offensive linemen and the running backs. And from an offensive lineman standpoint, look, you know, I can Iki Ikwanu, uh, 6'4", 310, 34-inch arms, but he runs that 4.9340 and just looked smooth in the drills. You saw effortless kick slide. You know, you you, you saw this. You know, this is a guy who you know, he's going to provide some pop whenever you know whenever he do, you know hits you, and, and he's going to be physical. We know that about him, but we got to see the athleticism. You got to see the quick feet in in the in the mirror drill and just so smooth, effortless with his transitions. He, he, to me, is a guy that's going to be in that consideration for that top overall pick because he, he he's right on Evan Neal's heels as the number one uh, offensive lineman. Now, look, with Evan Neal, he's 6'7", measured in at 337, you know, looked very lean for a guy that size. I want to see Evan Neal work out because, you know, look, when you're talking about a 48-inch box jump and, uh, you know, he, he does that switch foot, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous the athleticism this guy has. I think... That, that Evan Neal has a great shot there at being that number one overall pick. We just want to be able to, to get to, to see him work out. But look, uh, with, with Iquanu, these two guys, whoever doesn't get taken number one overall is going to end up falling no further than number four to the Jets, in my opinion. 
other other offensive linemen that really uh, made you take notice. How about Charles Cross out of Mississippi State? 6'5", 307. We knew he was an easy mover in the drills. 34 and a half inch arms. Ran a 4'9", 540 as well. Um, this is a guy, look, um, you know, the kick slide, you saw that, the technician with the hand placement, um, you know, the long arms definitely check out. He checks all the boxes. If I'm the Giants sitting there at number five and, and Evan Neal and uh, Equanu are off the board, I think Charles Cross has to be my pick there at number five. I can come back at number seven and get my pass rusher, likely David Ojabo, but we'll save that for uh, the conversation when we get to, uh, to day three of the combine. So, as we continue to move through the group, Zion Johnson at Boston College continues to move up the draft boards into that first round consideration. 6'3", 312, 34 inch arms. This is a guy who not only played tackle, he played guard at Boston College, but then also played center at the senior bowl and looked good doing it. Runs a 5'1", 840, 32 reps in the bench press, 32 inch um, you know, vertical leap as well. So when you look at Zion Johnson, again, let's check off all of our boxes here for, for the big guy. I'm a big fan of his. I think he's somebody that you definitely have to take notice of. Um, and, and when you talk about him, you know, when I look back, this is a guy, the numbers just continue to check out, you know, and we're not being fed any misinformation or anything like that. When, when you're talking about a guy like, like Zion Johnson, those are the numbers that were realistic coming into the draft. I thought Trevor Penning was another guy that definitely helped himself. 6'7", 325. We know about him being nasty and mean. But look, over 34-inch arms, that checks out from a length standpoint. 4'8", 940. We knew that, that he was going to be quick uh, you know, in that Spencer Brown range. Runs at 489, sub-5. Um, explosive guy to go along with the nastiness. To me, Trevor Penning isn't getting out of the top half of the first round. Uh, Bernard Ryman, uh, we talked about him in my last podcast. Um, you know, 6'8", uh, 303, I'm sorry, 6'6", 303. Shorter arms than you, you would expect out of him. Uh, ran a 505, 40, 30 reps in the bench press. He's just, he's a smooth athlete. That was one of the things that I really noticed. I think the shorter arms, the question is going to be, you know, he's 25 years old. Can he come in and handle the nuances of that tackle position? Or can you get more production out of him at the guard position? I think either way, we could see Bernard Raymond on the field early in his NFL career. So continuing to move down the line, uh, Sean Ryan, I think when you watched him at 6'5", 321, um, shorter arms, Pretty explosive though, 33 and a half inch vertical leap, ran that 5'2", 540. To me, he looks more and more like a guard, um, which is okay. I think he's he's a top five guard in this draft class. Um, I thought the guys from Tulsa ha had a nice day. Chris Paul, uh, at 6'4", 323, he was a right tackle there. He's gonna kick inside to guard, ran a 4'8", 940, uh, which turned some heads. Tyler Smith, 6'5", 324 as well, ran a 5'0", 240. He's sitting there with, uh, with 34 inch arms. Um, so checking the boxes there from that standpoint at the tackle position. A guy that I'm a really big fan of, he'll probably fall to day three, um, but a guy who I think has uh, the ability to play multiple positions, may end up being a center at the next level, is Chattanooga's Cole Strange. 6'5", 307, 33-inch arms, ran a 505, 40, 31 reps in the bench press as well. Had some pretty good times, both the three-cone drill and the 20-yard uh, shuttle. This is a guy that I think is just continuing to show that he belongs. 
He's a guy that's going to be interesting for sure. I think Zach Tom out of Wake Forest helped himself. Um, he's, a, he's, he's a center prospect. He's 6'4", 304. Uh, played tackle for the Demon Deacons, but I think he kicks inside to the pivot. Ran a 4.9440. Looked pretty smooth in the drills. 33-inch vertical leap, so it's pretty explosive as well. Um, so he'll be a guy to keep an eye out for. Um, I, I think he's a, he's just a name that you know you're going to have to start listening to a little bit more as, as things come out. One interesting guy uh, was Matt Willetsko out of out of North Dakota. Six eight, three twelve. 36 and an eighth inch arms. I mean, just absolutely freakish arms uh, for this group. Ran a 503.40 and 30 inch vertical leap. When you watched him in the drills, he just looks, you know, lumbering. The 6'8 frame just lumbering through the drills. But, you know, I was actually pleasantly surprised that he was as, as good of a mover as he was in some of the, um, some of the testing because I, I watched the drills first and then went back and saw some of the testing numbers and he, he looked really slow. Um, out there watching you know, with the drills, but actually tested a lot better than I, I would have expected. Um, I thought Dawson Deaton um, did all right for himself. 5-1-2-40, 29-inch vertical leap, 24 reps in the bench press. You know, I think he'll be a, a draftable center. Kellen Deesh out of Arizona State, 6-7-3-0-1. He's on the light side, but he's a guy that I, I thought looked a lot smoother in, in the drills than you would expect. 4-8-9-40, 32.5-inch vertical leap, guy who needs to work on his pad level get that down you know get the pad level down and then also work on that lower body he's got to add some weight to that frame but I think he's a guy that's going to be a nice pickup for a team that's looking to improve that depth there at the tackle position um let's see who else do we have you, you look at, at Luke Fortner from Kentucky again you know top top three top four center as is Cam Jurgens. look you know Jurgens, 49240 you know, we knew he was going to be a tremendous athlete. Converted, uh, converted tight end, uh, Braxton Jones out of Southern Utah. You know the tackle there, 6'5", 310, over 35 inch arms. Ran a 4.9740. This is a guy who's really green, but and he's raw, but there's a lot of tools to work with, especially from an athletic standpoint. He'll be an interesting guy to keep an eye out for for sure. Um, Abraham Lucas out of Washington State. I thought, you know, coming into the into the draft, I thought he was going to be a decent athlete at 6'6", 315. Ends up running a 4.9240. Looked very natural in a lot of the drills. So he's a guy to keep an eye out for at that right tackle position. The flip side, Max Mitchell. 6'6", 297. Didn't have a ton of weight on him. Um, and then he runs a 5.3240. Just looked kind of sluggish through a lot of the drills. So when you're talking about that right tackle position, I think Abraham Lucas may actually move himself ahead of Max Mitchell a little bit. I think their game tape it was a little bit similar, so when you watch the workouts, he may have surged ahead. Um, I was talking about the center position a little bit earlier. Can't forget Dylan Parham out of Memphis. Look, 6'3", 3'11", very easy mover, ran a 4.9340, pretty athletic in a lot of the other testing drills. Um, he's a guy to definitely be on the lookout for as well. Um, so a lot of guys that, that really caught my eye for, for one reason or another. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how, how this offensive line group shakes up. Um, look, uh, Daniel Fa'alele measured in at 6'8", 384, um, and with 35 and an eighth inch arm, still repped out 225, 24 times. Uh, this guy is just massive. I'm looking forward to seeing him work out 
Um, really want to see what that 40 time is going to be for a guy that size. I think you're going to see some, uh, you know, incredible movement skills out of this guy. Um, you know, I think, you know, to solidify himself as a first round pick, you know, you want to be able to see some of that movement. So, um, and look, even if he doesn't run, um, you know, sub five or right around in the five range, look at what happened with Orlando Brown Jr. and his workout wasn't the best combine workout by any means but now he's a Pro Bowl tackle. So you can't always take what you see here, the workout warriors, it doesn't always pan out. Um, I think, you know, when you look at a guy like Kenyon Drake, I'm sorry, Kenyon Green in this draft, 6'4", 323. I think, you know, the length is there from the arm length, over 34 inches, but I think people were expecting to see, uh, you know, a better 40 time, ran a 5'2", 4. I'll tell you what, he's got some massive legs, massive lower half. To me, he's a guard at the next level, and I think he could be a Pro Bowl-level guard. And I think really just what you saw in the testing, that just kind of confirmed that um, there at the Combine. But I think he's definitely still going to be a guy that's going to be drafted in round number one. Moving on to the running backs. And I'll tell you what, the running backs, a lot deeper than I think people were giving him credit for, including myself. And I, I look at the guy, my number one running back, Brees Hall. 5'11", 217. Runs that 4.3940, a 40-inch vertical leap, uh, and a guy. Look, you know, we know about his stop and start. We know his vision and his cutback ability. Showed off really decent hands as well. Good feet overall. I, I think Brees Hall has definitely helped himself. I don't think there'll be a running back taken in round number one, but keep an eye out for him early in the second round. I think Kenny Walker, similar there, 5.9211, ran a 4.3840, um, very balanced. Uh, excellent body control, you know, bounces off tackles, you know, that, that contact balance is, is tremendous. Um, I, I think he's a guy sitting right there, probably your number two running back at this point. Um, so both of those guys showed up really well. I think that's um, to be expected. Uh, Isaiah Spiller, we didn't get to see a whole lot of him. Um, didn't run the, the 40, but uh, six foot, 217 pounds. Just a 30-inch vertical leap, which is on the lower end. You wanted to see a little bit of that lower body explosiveness out of him. Want to see more from him at uh, Texas A&M's uh, Pro Day. I think another guy who wishes he could have another workout would be Kyron Williams at 5'9", 194. Uh, just you know, little over 28-inch arms. Runs a 4.6540, and really the unofficial time was a 4.7, which really had people turning heads, wondering, you know, because that like. Play speed is a lot faster than that. Really, at the end of the day, you're more concerned about play speed than what he's going to show up at the combine at. But I think it's definitely something that makes you know makes you a little just pause just for a second and wonder really what you're seeing there. But don't let it affect your draft stock with Kyron Williams. I think he's absolutely a day two back, a guy that's definitely going to be able to help you in, in a lot of facets. You know, a guy who can end up being a three down back in my opinion as well. Now, I, I continue to think about Anquan Bolden, who was in a lot of cases, a first-round pick, runs that, that, you know, really terrible 40 at the combine and ultimately ends up, you know, getting drafted in round number three. And we know the type of athlete and type of player that Anquan Bolden became. So don't let this fool you. I think, you know, Kyron Williams is a guy that can definitely be uh, a playmaker at the next level. Uh, I thought James Cook out of Georgia had a nice day. Really, both Georgia running backs. James Cook measured in, similar to his brother, runs a 4-2-40, shows off the hands, shows off the nice footwork. I think he's a guy who's going to be in that day two consideration. Zamir White also really uh, improved his draft stock, I thought. You know, six foot, 214. This is a guy who, you know, I thought in a lot of cases was a one-cut-and-go type of a runner. Um, 
kind of an upright style a little bit, but you know, really is going to also drive the pile. Um, and, you know, and forward lead once you once you know he made contact. Uh, four four forty, definitely uh, moving in the right direction there. Pierre Strong out of South Dakota State. Look, uh, you know Joe DeLeon in my last podcast, he and I um, talked about Pierre Strong, reminding us a little bit of, of James Robinson. Well, look, James Robinson didn't run a, a four three seven forty. Uh, 36 inch vertical leap as well. You know, this is a guy, you know, he didn't get invited to uh, to the Senior Bowl, but what he did do is, you know, busted off a, an explosive run there in the East-West Shrine game. This is a guy, when you put on the Jackrabbit tape, all you see is Pierre Strong busting off big runs. That 4-3-7-40 proves that he has the breakaway speed to, to hang with anyone. He's the guy to keep an eye out for who I think is going to start moving up some of those draft boards there on day number three. Um, you know, we knew he was the playmaker, but I think that speed uh, really caught people off guard in a good way. Um, you know, I, I thought Kevin Harris didn't run the 40 um, at 5'10", 221, but look, he got that, that body moving, 38 and a half inch vertical leap. You know, had that back injury after 2020, really slowed things down in terms of his progress in 2021. But he's definitely an intriguing prospect there, possibly on day three, as long as the medicals check out. Um, let's see, who else can we talk about here? You know, there's so many guys in, in this group. Um, you know, Ty Chandler ran a 4 3 8 40 at 5'11", 204. I think that, that, you know, was surprising, you know, to some degree. Um, you know, Tyler Beatty, um, you know, look, only two lost fumbles on 513 carries. Uh, thank you, NFL Network, for posting that. Uh, runs a 4-4-5-40. I think this is a guy who's going to be one of those nice change of pace backs. Someone to absolutely keep an eye on there. Um, coming out of Mizzou, nice day three pickup there for sure. Um, as we continue to move through the list, Jerome Ford ran that 4-4-6-40. Wanted to see him run a little bit faster. The guy who did surprise me was Tyler Goodson out of Iowa at 5-9-197. Um, looked to be quicker than he was fast. Ran a 4-4-2. Um, you know, he'll be a guy to continue to keep an eye on in terms of some of the draft stock where, where things fall. Um, you know, Damian Pierce at 5'10", 218. Look, this dude is an absolute bowling ball, 705-foot squat. Uh, you know, they said he had a 37-inch vertical leap at one point, did uh, show up with a 34-inch vertical leap there at the combine, ran a 4.5940. Not the most explosive back, but that's not really what you're getting with him. Um, you love the feet between the tackles, um, you know, and you love the vision. You know, he and then you, know, you look at Brian Robinson as well, 6'2", 225, 45340. Not a lot of wear on those tires, so he'll be a guy to definitely you know keep an eye out for. Um, but I thought you know Devonte Price really helped himself, 6'1", 210 out of Florida International. You know he's a big high cut guy, um, runs that 43840 though. And, and look when you talk about him. Had some really explosive runs to close out his collegiate career. He'll be a guy to take a uh, take a look at there uh, on, on day three. One other guy that you have to definitely talk about is Rashad White. I'm going to continue to pound the the, pay, the, the, the table for for him. Uh, they're out of Arizona State, six foot two fourteen, ran a four four eight forty, thirty eight inch vertical leap. You know that there's some explosiveness there to him. But look, had tremendous hands coming out of the backfield there for the Sun Devils as well. Um, I, I'm a, a huge believer in uh, in uh, Rashad White making an impact at the next level, if nothing else, as a as a solid receiving threat coming out of the out of the backfield. 
So we transition from, from day two with the offensive, uh, offensive weapons, move into day three, and we get to the defensive linemen, and there's no shortage of, of athletes. We know that this is going to be a deep, deep draft in terms of our, our pass rushers, right? And, and Aiden Hutchinson, obviously the first name there, um, runs that 4.7440, 36-inch vertical leap, um, tested really well in the three-cone drill, a 6.73, runs that 4.15, 20-yard shuttle as well. Um, so obviously, you know, the short shuttle, um, you know, not a ton of guys in some of the other positions were, were running that short shuttle. But if you look at it, you're talking about that 4.15, just to give you an idea that uh, that 4.15 would have been second among the receivers that actually ran that. Only Calvin Austin's 4.07 would have been faster. So, you know, you're, you're talking about a guy who's, who's able to move there. And then that 6.73, you know, there weren't a ton of defensive ends that were running uh, you know, the, the three cone drill, but just to kind of equate that again, if you're talking about a six, seven, three, um, there are only two wideouts who ran a faster three cone drill, and that was Calvin Austin and, you know, ironically enough, Kevin Austin Jr. out of uh, out of Notre Dame. So we knew from an explosiveness, he's a much better athlete that people really give him credit for. That the power is there. To me, I'm Detroit sitting there at number two overall. I'm jumping on him. And I can really take an in-state product and that passion for the game. That's really going to excite that that Lions fan base there at the top of the draft. Now you talk about Kayvon Thibodeau, another guy who should be mentioned there up at the top. Uh, 6'4", 254, ran a 4.5840. So you see some of that explosiveness and a 27 reps in the bench press. So you also have that power that, that you're talking about there. I don't think he's as nuanced in terms of the, the pass rush ability as Aiden Hutchinson, I think you know he still needs to work on some of those those secondary moves and some of the counter moves. When you're talking about that speed coming off the edge, and then he's so heavy-handed as well, you know I, I think Kayvon Thibodeau did nothing to to hurt his draft stock. Um, he'll be a guy that we're going to be talking about there in the top five for sure. But the guy who really made a name for himself and a guy who's moving up a lot of people's draft boards. Some people even moved him ahead of Kayvon Thibodeau. I think we pumped the brakes there. For, you know, just 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 for now. Uh, but Trayvon Walker, 6'5", 272, over 35-inch arms as well. Um, has some mammoth hands, 10 and 3 quarters inch, arm, uh, inch hands. But he runs a 4'5", 140 at 272 pounds, 35 and a half inch vertical leap, 6'8", 9, uh, you know, three cone drill as well. So that was just second to, uh, to Aiden Hutchinson. Trayvon Walker is legit in terms of that athleticism. People were talking about, nah, I don't know if he can really explode. Look, this is a guy, the speed to power. You saw him really get into Evan Neal and drive him back off the ball. I think this is a guy who's just going to continue to get better and better. I think he was overshadowed um, you know, a little bit with that Georgia defense by some of the other guys on that line. But he's a guy, from an athletic standpoint at least, um, who's going to continue to move up those draft boards um, you know, because of it. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, the second out of Florida State. Look, 6'5", 254. Another guy with really good length, 34-inch arms, runs a 4'5", 840. You're continuing to check the boxes there in terms of, of guys who we were expecting to be explosive, and they absolutely were. George Karloftis, look, he didn't run the 40, but you know, put up 225, 21 times. 38-inch vertical leap as well, which you know is, is absolutely jumping out of the building. Uh, but the 32-inch arms, you know, I think that's a concern. You know, 32 and 5 eighths inch. Don't want to shortchange him there. Um, but definitely a guy that you know, there's a little bit of concern with the with the arm length. 
But look, you know, he plays with power, and, and I think he's a lot faster than people really give him credit for. Keep an eye out for the, you know, the NFL version of the Greek freak. Um, David Ojabo, I mentioned him possibly going number seven overall to the Giants. He did nothing to dissuade uh, me from, from going with that pick in my next mock draft. 6'4", 250, 33 and a half inch arms, ran a 4'5", 540, uh, 35 inch vertical leap as well. Very explosive. Sounded like he, from what they were saying on NFL Network, that he interviewed very well. I, I think Ojabo is going to end up being a, a you know a, a top ten pick when it's all said and done. He's still raw from a, a run uh, defense standpoint, but the pass rush skills are absolutely there. I, I think that's really what's exciting about him. I think he and Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine Johnson is a little bit more nuanced and, uh, and, and understands the, the running game a little bit more. So I think. As a pass rusher, Ojabo may have him. So those are two guys that I think you know teams are really going to debate which guy they want to really take a look at there. I think Boye Mafe out of uh, Minnesota, 6'4", 261, another guy who's racking up uh, you know a, a lot of uh, accolades, if you will, in, in the, the draft community. Um, a guy who, who put a, you know, posted a bunch of sacks towards the end of the season. 32 and 5 eighths inch, inch arms, just like George Karloftis. We ran that 4 5 3 40, 38 inch vertical leap, much like Karloftis. You see the explosiveness there. He's a little bit on the raw side, uh, but definitely a guy to keep an eye out for. Uh, you know, Dominique Robinson, you know, the, the, the converted, uh, you know, converted to defensive end, 6'5, 253, ran a 4 7 240, 41 inch vertical leap. The explosiveness is absolutely there. I think teams are going to want to take a chance on him. Uh, Sam Williams out of Mississippi, 6'4", 261, struggles against the run, but this dude is going to be a pass rusher. Look, 4'4", 640, absolutely blazing speed, a guy that you definitely want to keep an eye out for. I thought Josh Pascal showed up a little bit better than I think people were expecting. Look, 6'3", 268, ran a 4'7", 740, but I love that 37 and a half inch vertical leap. Show some of that explosiveness. This is a guy who I think is going to set a hard edge uh, against the run. A guy who racked up the tackles for loss. Never going to be a guy who's going to be a double digit sack guy, but definitely going to be somebody who's going to be a starter on an NFL roster for a long time. Um, guys who are somewhat disappointing. How about Maje Sanders out of Cincinnati? 6'5", but showed in at 228 pounds. You know, I thought that was surprising. Um, you know, you're expecting to see a lot more length out of him, just 32 and 5 eighths inch arms. So, you know, the conversation that everyone was having about, uh, you know, a, a guy like uh, George Karloftis, the same really goes for, for, for him as well. And, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, Karloftis, everyone just wanted to talk about the arm length, arm length, arm length. But, hey, look, Maje Sanders is right there as well, 4, 6, 7, 40. You know, I think that definitely, you know, he's running so light. Um, you know, he may have gotten some bad advice with, with dropping all that weight. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens at Cincinnati's Pro Day, but he's got some work cut out for him for sure. Alex Wright uh, at UAB was really excited to see him work out. Didn't get a chance to do so. 6'5", 271, 34-inch um, arms. Just put up 225 15 times. Um, expecting a little bit more power out of him, but you know he's going to be one of those speed rushers coming off the edge. Uh, Kingsley Anigbare. Look, you know, 6'4", 258. We knew he had the length, 34 three quarters inch arms, but runs a 4'8", 740. To me, when you look at that, you know, again, not a guy who's going to be a double-digit sack guy, I don't think. He's got some explosiveness to him, uh, but I think he's a guy, 
let's add weight to him and and either allow him to be a five technique or even kick him inside. Um, I, I think that's really where he needs to be. Uh, you know, I look at Logan Hall. Look, Logan Hall is 6'6", 283. To me, he's a five technique, ran a 4'8", 840. Um, to me, he screams, uh, you know, to inside or really a, a, that five technique. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, Arnold Ebiketti, uh didn't get to run uh, 6'2", 250, but, you know, 38-inch vertical leap. Um, you know, I, I thought that Nick Benito out of Oklahoma looked really strong. 6'3", 248, ran a 4'5", 440. This is a guy who bends really well coming off the edge. You know, you're going to see him uh, looking to put some pressure on, on the quarterback. Um, so he, he's another guy who's going to be a lot of fun to watch there. Uh, so as we move through the ends, we get to the defensive line and look. The Georgia defensive lineman absolutely put on a show. I mentioned Trayvon Walker. I don't know what they were feeding him there in Athens, but but good Lord, Jordan Davis, 6'6", 341, runs a 4'7", That's absolutely moving for a guy his size. And then 32-inch vertical leap, which was second only to, uh, you know, uh, Ioma Wazirike. And then 123-inch broad jump, you know, it's just numbers were staggering. You know, this is a big man. And really, you know, if he can hold that weight around that 340 range, you know, possibly even drop it a little bit and move the way that he does, you know, this is a guy, top 20 pick, absolutely. You know, if I'm a team like like uh, like the L.A. Chargers, I want Jordan Davis at the middle of my defense because we were terrible against the run. And this is a guy who can be absolutely disruptive. I'm the linebackers. This guy is my best friend because he's going to take on a lot of blockers and free me up to make plays, just like Nicobe Dean and uh, and Quay Walker and Channing Tindall and Nolan Smith all experienced there for the Bulldogs. But let's also give some credit to Devontae Wyatt there as well. 6'3", 304, 47740. Uh, just absolutely a head turner there for, for, for Wyatt. You know, this is a guy we know he put up 385 in the bench press, um, but very explosive coming off the football. Um, we, we've seen that with the game film. He could end, end up being an interior pass rusher. I think Devontae Wyatt has definitely helped himself. Could definitely sneak into the end of round number one when it's all said and done. Um, but he's not the only, the, the, this duo, not the only guys who, who performed really well. Uh, you know, I thought Perrion Winfrey at 6'4", 290 there for Oklahoma. Over 35-inch arms, got these, you know, these long limbs, but ran a 4.8940. Definitely like to see that. This is a guy. His motor ran hot and cold there at OU. Um, he feels like he played out of position there in, in Alex Grinch's defense, um, but when he was allowed to really just be him at the Senior Bowl, he showed out in a big way. I think he'll be a guy that that could be in that round two consideration for sure. How about Travis Jones out of Connecticut? Look, 6'4", 325, runs a 4.9240. That's a big man moving there. Now, he, he didn't get a chance to actually bench, but this is a dude who can put up 225, 32 times according to uh, you know what they say there uh, at UConn. 455-pound bench press. I think these numbers actually came from Bruce Feldman when he did his freaks list. But, you know, I, I think at least from a, an explosiveness and athleticism standpoint, you're talking about a dude at 325 pounds, 28 and a half inch vertical leap. You know, he's the guy that has to be in that day two consideration. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's absolutely a, a given with, with, with him as well. So 
some of the athletes that absolutely jumped off off the screen and, and guys that, that definitely caught your eye um, without a doubt um, you know it, it's a position group that it lacks some depth so I think you've got a couple of guys there you know at the top of the draft you're targeting a defensive tackle you want to be able to get in on the front end but DeMarvin Leal was the guy that was kind of disappointing. 6'4", 283, one of those tweeners, first, second round. You know, I, I look, you know, he ran a five-flat 40, 27-and-a-half-inch vertical leap. You know, not terrible. You know, have one of the better 20-yard shuttles, the short shuttle at a 4.49. Um, but he just didn't really separate himself in any way. I think, you know, really uh, Devontae Wyatt is more of a, a sure thing in terms of the, the first round than, than DeMarvin Leal is. And that really makes me nervous uh, for his sake. You know, I think he's the guy that's going to fall into, into that day two category. You know, There's already some talk about him potentially being that boomer bust type of athlete, and he just didn't do anything to separate himself from the rest of the group. Um, Zach Carter, another guy. Look, he's 6'4", 282, ran a 4'9", 40, and he's the guy, to me, when you look at that, it almost screams that this is a guy who's probably going to belong inside. He ran with the, you know, the edge rushers, but I think he's he's really going to end up being a defensive tackle when it's all said and done. Uh, linebackers also competed. We didn't get to see Nicobe Dean. Um, you know, 5'11", 229 was what he measured in at. Um, arms under 32 inches. Um, but look, this is a guy he's known for that that sideline to sideline ability. Excellent blitzer uh, coming downhill. But look, there's so many athletes, so many guys that showed up well. I really would have liked to have seen Nicobe Dean work out. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Devin Lloyd. This was a guy that was talking about potential top 10 ability. You know, I was expecting him to test a lot better. You know, you're talking about guys like Devin White, you know, that ultimately was a number five overall pick. Could Devin Lloyd be in that consideration? 6'3, 237. Um, you know, probably a little bit on the heavier side, which may have been why he ran a 46640. But look, put up. Uh, 20, uh, 225, 25 times, 35-inch vertical leap, the converted safety, looked really smooth in a lot of the, the drills, um, you know, especially a guy that, you know, when you're trying to see, can he cover? This guy can absolutely cover. Very fluid hips. Um, but the thing, you know, with, with Devin Lloyd is, you know, he's not going to be that top 10 guy. He's going to fall, um, you know, to the middle of round number one before he hears his name called. Um, I think if he showed off some of that explosiveness, things might have been a little bit different for him. Um, but, but guys who definitely caught your eye, Christian Harris, six foot two twenty six. I know we say a lot about Christian Harris and whether or not he can he can drop into coverage. But when you're talking about him coming downhill, both against the run and blitzing the the quarterback, that four 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 forty absolutely shows up on film. You know he he arrives in a hurry. Um, Leo Chanel out of Wisconsin. Look, you know, 6'3", 250. This dude's an absolute physical specimen. Runs a 4 or 5, 340, 40 inch vertical leap. So, you know, he tests off the charts. The question is whether or not he has that lateral agility. We know what he can do coming downhill. This is a guy that's just going to be a game record, just try to blow up blocks, come downhill with, with bad intentions. But can he play to the sideline? Can he drop into coverage? Really wasn't asked to do that a ton at Wisconsin. Um, he'll be a guy that I think in his workouts, you really want to continue to watch what he can do, really show that he can be a sideline to sideline type player if he wants that draft stock to continue to, to, to build for him. He's going to be a day two guy, but he may fall to round number three because of some of those question marks. Um, Damone Clark, um, 
talked about that 4.5 range. Ran a 4.57 there out of LSU, 6'2", 239, 36.5-inch vertical leap. Another one of those LSU linebackers who, you know, runs really well. Uh, you know, and he he's a guy that, to me, I think is going to end up being a starter at the next level sooner rather than later. Look, you know, there wasn't a lot of hype out of Deion Jones, and we saw what he was able to do there for the Tigers. I expect to see some good things there out of uh, Damone Clark when it's all said and done for sure. Um, you know, Chad Muma um, at 6'3", 239, ran a 4'6", 3'40", wanted to see a little bit faster than that, but look, the explosiveness, 40-inch vertical leap, 27 reps in the bench press, so you see some strength to him as well. Um, and this is a guy, look, you know, I, I think more so than coming downhill, um, you know, which is really what you're talking about with that 40. What I, I like out of Chad is that, you know, that sideline to sideline ability, some of the cover skills, the pass rush ability. And so I think that lateral agility and some of that explosiveness with the change of direction, we absolutely saw. One guy who everybody should be talking about, but they're not, is Malcolm Rodriguez. Look, this dude had 408 tackles for Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State, including 129 in 2021, the All-American. People aren't talking about him because he's he's under six feet. He's 5'11", 232, but ran a 4'5", 240, 39 and a half inch vertical leap. When you watch his game film, this dude, it's pretty clean in terms of his ability to get to the football. Um, he, he's a guy, he's going to end up being a day three prospect, but a guy that I think is going to end up uh, making an NFL roster and probably getting a lot of playing time sooner than anybody would really expect. Um, I think the Georgia linebackers, Channing Tindall, Quay Walker, look, you know, Tindall, 447, Walker, 452. We knew Walker was going to be a little bit bigger, 6'4, 241. Tindall at 6'2, 230. Tindall with a 42 inch vertical leap as well. We know this is the guy that's going to be coming downhill and the blitzer, but I think with Quay Walker, what you're going to have is a guy that's able to play sideline to sideline to be able to chase down ball carriers. That's why I think Quay Walker is going to have. Uh, you know, he'll probably be an early second round pick. I don't think he's going to quite find the first round. Channing Tindall will probably be a fourth rounder if I had to guess right now. Um, when you look at, at some of the other uh, linebackers, guys that uh, you know should be setting themselves apart, um, how about Troy Anderson out, out of Montana State? The do everything guy. This is a guy who could potentially have some offensive packages for him as well. 6'3, 243. Runs a 4-4-2-40, 36-inch vertical leap. Uh, Troy Anderson, you know, is proving again and again, even at the Senior Bowl as well. You know, while yes, you know, he is still green at that linebacker position. Draft him, coach him up, and he's a guy who could end up being a, a you know a star at the next level. Uh, you're probably going to end up being a day three guy, but look, he's just continuing to prove that he belongs, and teams need to really start taking notice. Uh, a guy who I thought actually ran a lot faster. Um, you know, then, then expected was, was Chance Campbell out of Mississippi at 6'2", 232. Um, over 100 tackles this past season. A guy who, again, loves to play downhill at 12.5 tackles for loss and six sacks for Ole Miss. His biggest question is, can he run sideline to sideline? So you really want to be able to continue to see that um, in, in some of his workouts. You're know, really going to be curious to see what, what we get out of him there. Um, let's see. Drake Jackson, 6'3", 254. Um, looked, uh, you know, 30, 36 and a half inch vertical leap. Um, you know, pretty decent athlete overall. Um, so, you know, Trey Wa or Trey Williams out of Arkansas, 6'4", 253. Um, working out with the linebackers. You know, I, I was thinking more of an edge rusher. 
um, but ultimately worked out with the linebackers. And you know his times ran a 508.40, and then a 26 and a half inch vertical leap. Um, you know those are concerning numbers for anybody. And I think Trey Williams, he was you know he had some off field issues, and, and this is the guy who. You know, he was able to take over some games, but then also disappeared. So a motor that runs hot and cold, you really worry about a workout like that. Um, so that, that's definitely a, a concern as well. Um, one final guy, Penn State's Brandon Smith, 6'3", 250. We knew he was going to work out well, just under 35-inch arms. Ran a 4'5", 240, 37.5-inch vertical leap. A guy who plays all over the field there for Penn State. Um, you know, you worry about some of his recognition at times. Um, you know, so I, I think the athleticism, it, definitely you check the box there, but you have to go back and watch the game tape and, and really study him. You know, he wasn't the linebacker that was always flashing. You know, you look at uh, Jesse Lucchetta, even Elvis, or I'm sorry, Ellis Brooks. Brandon Smith wasn't always the guy. He was more of the athlete of the group. And, and so I think he's getting overhyped a little bit. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how things play out uh, as we get closer to, to draft day. Uh, and then finally, we get to day number four, and that's all about the defensive backs and, uh, you know, the guy that really turned heads, um, Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. Around that 4'4", 140, 33-and-a-half-inch arms, 6'3", 190 pounds, no tackles given up. Pro Football Focus noted 6.6 .6 yards per reception in 2021. Uh, interviewed absolutely well. Um, you know, if I'm Carolina... You know, if I'm working to get a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo or what have you there at the quarterback position, I don't necessarily have to go quarterback at six and reach. I'm going Sauce Gardner there. Um, you know, really solidify that, that that cornerback position and be able to then start addressing some other things uh, later on in the draft. You know, I, I think Sauce Gardner is definitely worthy of a top ten selection. He's my my number one cornerback. Uh, obviously, Derek Stingley didn't uh, didn't get to work out. Still nursing a lot of the injuries, but when he does get a chance to work out, look, that 4 3 42 inch vertical leap, you really want to see that on display. Um, that's going to be you know, really exciting stuff to watch for sure um, when, when it's all said and done. Uh, but other guys who, who definitely caught your eye, um, how about Zion McCollum out of, out of Sam Houston State? At 6'2", 199, runs that 4 3 39 inch vertical leap. This is a guy, look, you know, the production was absolutely there. 13 interceptions, 54 pass breakups, the ball skills. What was surprising was the, the shorter arms, 30 and three quarters inch arms. We're expecting a little bit more length out of him. But at 6'2", he already has some, you know, that, that bigger body. Um, but the fact that he was running that 4'3", four, four, three, three definitely was a, you know, was a head turner for me. Um, wasn't expecting him to run that fast. One big corner that I was expecting to run fast was Tariq Woolen, and he did not disappoint. Look, 6'4", 205, they're out of UTSA, the converted wide receiver, limited experience at the position, runs that 4'2", 42-inch vertical leap, and this is a dude who you just have to continue to keep an eye on. Um, you know, the difference between him and, say, a guy like Jawan Williams from the 2019 draft, you know, Patriots drafted him in round number two. You know, Williams ran that 4'6", 440, and you, I think it's showing in his inability to, to keep up with some of the faster receivers. I think there's a chance that we see Tariq Woolen drafted in round number two. There are a lot of tools to work with there. Um, the Washington corners, you know, Kylan Gordon, uh, 5'11", 194. I was actually surprised that he ran a 4'5", 240. Um, then you, you look at a, a guy like Trent McDuffie, 5'11", 
193, runs at 444, which is more about what we were expecting to see um, you know, out of the group. But, but look, these are two guys, they're ball hawks, they're instinctive, and that's really what you don't get to see in these workouts. I'm really looking forward to Washington's Pro Day because I'm expecting to see both of them jump out of the building with over 42, uh, 41, 42 inch vertical leaps. You know, definitely explosive athletes for sure. Um, you know, Roger McCreary out of Auburn, I thought, you know, we already know about the shorter arms and that was confirmed with the 28th and 7th seventh eighth, seventh inch arms. Uh, you know, when you're talking about the, the short arms, only Marcus Jones out of Houston, you know, the 5'8 corner um, has arms comparable to that. And then he runs a 4'540 on top of it. I, I think this is a guy who can be very sticky, can be physical. But when you're talking about you know, that 4'5 at a 5'11 corner, you worry about can he keep up? With, with some of these, these faster receivers. And then, you know, is he going to be you know, that high point? He's not going to be able to extend uh, the way that some of these other corners are going to be able to, to do. So you worry about some of that draft stock. You know, it's really kind of hindered him a little bit when you take a look at, uh, you know, some of these other guys that are out there and some of their, their production. Um, I, I think Cam Taylor Britt was a guy that, hey, we're in some consideration there. Um, you know, ran a 4 3 8 40. Uh, you know, five interceptions, 22 pass breakups in his career there. And with Taylor Britt, he was a leader of that, that secondary. I like Cam Taylor Britt, a guy that could be potentially moving his way uh, on the back end of day number two uh, when, when it's all said and done. Uh, but this is a group, look, you know, I, when you look at some of the other guys, obviously Kalen Barnes, we knew the track guy, ran that 4 2 3 40, the second fastest 40 time ever. Um, so obviously, he was going to be someone that was going to be turning some heads. Um, definitely uh, explosive. I think that the speed, if nothing else, is going to give him a chance at the next level. Um, you know, Jermaine Waller out of Virginia Tech, six foot one eighty, uh, ran a four six eight forty, which you know, was surprising. This is a guy seven interceptions in his career, including four this past season, seventeen uh, pass breakups as well. Just wasn't you know, just surprising. I think was probably the biggest word there um, that, that I could, could think of. You know, running a four six eight, just really was not expecting to see that. Uh, you know, Michael Wright out of Oregon, another guy that was looking to separate himself, runs a four five seven forty at five ten one seventy three. Uh, you know, I, I think he's definitely going to be looking to improve things there um, at Oregon's pro day. Um, you know, MJ Emerson. Another guy that you're looking to, hey, you know, he's got the length, 33 and a half inch arms. He's 6'2", 201, um, runs that 4'5", 3", uh, you know, the bigger corner. He run, you know, I mean, he runs right in that same range as, as Kyler Gordon. Um, so he's somebody who I, I think continue to keep an eye on. You know, he's definitely somebody who I, I think can play at the next level uh, at that cornerback position. Um, so can't just give him, you know, knock him a little bit because of the, the 40 time. Um, because again, I love the length. He's 6'2", 201. Um, you just worry a little bit about some of the speedier receivers. Can he hang with, with some of that speed? And then the safety position. I think all eyes wanted to be on Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. 6'4", 220 pounds, 33 inch arms, 38 inch vertical leap, but then he runs that 4'5", 940. And it, and it just, you look at that and it leaves you kind of scratching your head. You know, what, what happened there? Four five nine, um, you know. I, I think you're expecting to see the, the tape shows much, you know, much more explosiveness, much faster 
um, than the time speed. And I think that's important. This is a guy who can play in the box. He can play over the top. He has the range. And so I think that, you know, the instinctiveness allows him to play a lot faster than maybe, you know, that time speed. And so I think that's really what's important. Don't let what he did at the combine, at least in terms of uh, in terms of the 40, fool you. This is a guy who I, I think the instincts allow him to play a lot faster. He processes things quicker than a lot of other guys. And so I would not worry about that 40 time whatsoever. 40 time that definitely hurt so, or helped someone was Lewis Seen out of Georgia. Again, the Georgia defenders, absolutely a mind-blowing combine. 6'2", 199, 4'3", 7'40", 36.5-inch vertical leap. This guy just looked like a smooth athlete out there. Uh, 14 pass breakups in his career on the back end. This is a guy who you know is going to come forward and hit you as well. Very fluid athlete. Another guy who I thought was really fluid was Nick Cross out of Maryland. 6'2", 212, ran a 4'3", 4'40", 37-inch vertical leap. A guy who just filled up the stat sheets, a guy that you know played played behind the line of scrimmage, was able to pick off a couple of passes there for the Terrapins. Um, you know, I think he was a guy that, that looked pretty smooth. Um, Dax Hill, you know, Daxon Hill, six foot, one ninety one, ran a four three eight forty. Um, some of the more impressive, uh, you know, three cone and short shuttle times, ran a four oh six. Short shuttle, 6.57, three-cone drill, um, the fastest of, of the safeties in both of those. Um, and he's just, to me, he, he's one of those guys who I, I think has that cover ability at the safety position. So the versatility is absolutely there. You can move him around. Reminds you a little bit of what you know teams can do, you know, teams have done with the Honey Badger. I was hoping to see Brian Cook at, at the Combine, 6'1", 206. I know he's been battling some injuries, so... Didn't get a chance to see him, but he's one of the, the other uh, safeties that's moving up some draft boards. Uh, but how about Jaquan Brisker out of, out of Penn State? 6'1", 199, um, runs a 4'4", 40, 22 reps in the bench press, 34 and a half inch vertical leap. This is a guy that when I look at him, um, you know, 150 tackles, 10 going for loss, five interceptions, four pass breakups. Uh, a guy who I think can be a box defender a guy who I think can play over the top a little bit, has some cover skills. I didn't see any real stiffness to him. So, you know, I think Daquan Brisker is definitely a guy that's right in that consideration as one of the top safeties in this draft behind Kyle Hamilton. I think Tyson Anderson definitely helped himself as well at 6'2", 209, 39-inch arms, runs that 4 3 6, 40, uh, 6, 6 4, uh, three cone drill as well. So you want to show off that fluidity and, and, and you know lack of stiffness in his hips. Anderson was absolutely able to show showcase that. 16 pass breakups in his career. And you know what's interesting? Dane Belton. What what I I see with, with Dane Belton, he's 6'1", 205. And I mentioned this before, uh, but I, I want to mention it again because I, I look at him and you know you look at Amani Amani Hooker who came out of out of the same school out of Iowa and uh, is now a starter there for Tennessee and, and really showing showing out pretty well. You know, he measured in at 5'11", 210, 30 and 1 8 inch arms, runs a 4'4", 8'40", 37-inch vertical leap. What did Dame Belton produce? Yeah, at 6'1", 205. This is a guy kind of the hybrid linebacker position, much like Imani Hooker. Um, but 6'1", 205, runs a 4'4", 340, 36 and a half inch vertical leap. And when you look at Dame Belton, five interceptions, 
seven pass breakups. To me, he just he feels like another Amani Hooker. And when I look at that, look, Hooker was drafted in the fourth round. Um, and I think when I look at Dane Belton, I see a guy who, look, you know, he moved from linebacker to safety, but I think he has those skills to to be a playmaker at the next level. And I see what Amani Hooker has been able to do. I keep going back to him, but I see a lot of similarities between the two. And that's why you know, I still think Dane Belton, he'll probably get drafted a little bit later, probably in round number five, but still a guy, keep an eye out for him for sure. I think he's somebody to really keep an eye on um, as we, we get towards draft day. Um, you know, JT Woods, we do the sprinter speed, 43640, 39.5 inch vertical leap at 6'2. Want to be able to see him. You know, I think he's a little bit more stiff hipped um, at, at the safety position. Wanye Thomas, um, 6'1, 212, runs a 45540. You know, expected to see a little bit more speed out of him. And then if we could just mention the specialists, I think Matt Ariza, they, they showed some of the footage there on the NFL network where he was booting the ball at I think like the 25 yard line and was killing it at, at like the five yard line. And, you know, this is a guy who has a tremendous leg. And when you're talking about punters getting drafted, I know it's not always the most exciting thing, but this is a guy, look, he was, you know, when San Diego state had to punt, people weren't going anywhere. They weren't going to the concession stand. They wanted to watch this guy punt. I mean, over a 51 yard average, He's a guy to me that if a team is really looking to change field position, this is the guy you want to target. And uh, he could get drafted in round number five. It's not out of the realm of possibility to see a punter get drafted that high. And the Ray Guy Award winner, look, I I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he does get drafted at the end of, of round number five uh, or uh, early in round number six. So that does it for the post-combine edition of the Ready for the Draft podcast. We're going to then jump into free agency. We're going to take a look at some of the, the team needs as free agency starts building. I'm going to put together uh, my mock draft as well. We're going to take a look at how the first round has really changed. Um, I, I think when you look at it, uh, Jacksonville, because we haven't seen Evan Evan Neal work out really at that 337, we've seen uh, you know Equanu uh, take the field and he looks. Very, you know, he looks the part. Very smooth as an athlete. Um, I'm still going to go Evan Neal, um, number one overall. I, I look at the game film, and to me, I think as far as that that left tackle pass protector, uh, I'm taking Evan Neal, number one. Number two with the Lions, I think it's still Aiden Hutchinson. Houston, you got to get that pass rusher. Get Kayvon Thibodeau and work from there. Uh, number four is going to be uh, Iki Aquanu going to the Jets. I mentioned the Giants sitting there at five. You look at Charles Cross, again, makes a ton of sense there. Number six, uh, the, the Carolina Panthers right now. I got Sauce Gardner going there. Then you move on, number seven. Giants once again. I think David Ojabo makes a lot of sense there. Uh, talking about number eight. Number eight overall. Uh, Atlanta Falcons, Drake London. Pencil him in there at, at number eight. Number nine now, the Seattle Seahawks. What happens there? Do they trade for Deshaun Watson? Now that's going to be a big question mark. If they do, and this pick goes to Houston, I think Houston takes Kyle Hamilton. If Seattle's sitting there, you know, it really depends on what happens. If they go after Jimmy Garoppolo, do they get another quarterback? If, if they end up sticking there with the, with the quarterback position. 
I think Matt Corral is the guy to watch for. Pete Carroll loves those USC ties, and this is a guy who was dynamite in Lane Kiffin's system. Keep an eye for Matt Corral to come out as Seattle's quarterback. If they, you know, and if ultimately they do get a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, like I said, and so they don't need to go quarterback, then I think Seattle could go any in any number of directions. You know, they could definitely go corner and go with a guy like Derek Stingley. Bobby Wagner's gone, so maybe Devin Lloyd, Nicobe Dean could get into the conversation there as well. Although they may want to trade down if that is the case. If they are going to target the linebacker. I think from a value standpoint, he may be best suited moving down just a little bit if you can do that and then the Jets sitting there at 10 look if Kyle Hamilton is on the board you take him get your safety if not then I think this pick is going to come down to one or two players Derek Stingley if he's on the board or Garrett Wilson get another receiver there for Zach Wilson Um, you know I think that makes a lot of sense you could also see them go with a pass rusher don't rule out Jermaine Johnson there out of Georgia, possibly even George Karloftis. I think it really you know, gets interesting. So that's my top 10, at least right now. We'll see what happens in the next few days. Are we going to have any more trades coming on the heels of, of the big news that we already had this week? It's going to be a lot of fun. That's why the NFL never sleeps. It's a 24-7, 365 league. You're always paying attention, whether it's the draft, whether it's free agency, there's always something going on with the NFL. That's why there's nothing like it in the world of sports today. That's why I have so much fun, and I hope you're enjoying the content. We'll get another podcast out here in the next week or so, and uh, hopefully we'll have some more breaking news to cover. Hopefully it doesn't mess with my mock draft a little bit too much. Um, You know, We'll kind of take things from there. So, Until next time, everyone, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your week. And until next time, I am out of here.